So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. And here's a review from Audible.com on the audio version of Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. Written by me. Spoken in audio by me. This person says, great book. This book was more motivational than informational. This book has motivated me to get stronger with my basics and really affirm my goals to figure out what I want out of this business. Thank you. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a guest here that uh, I reached out to personally. I saw some videos of his on YouTube, and they were fascinating. I mean, these were like 17-minute videos, and uh, normally I'm very ADD. If it's, if it's more than three minutes, I don't watch it. But I found myself going through these, you know, late into the night, 15-minute long videos, and, and, uh, and I was like, man, this is, this is good stuff. And uh, I invited him to come on the show, and he took time out of his busy day to come on. So I'd like to welcome Kevin Paffrath to the show from Ventura County, California. Kevin, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. That's me. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, uh, Kevin, I know you go by Meet Kevin. If, if you look at uh, a lot of his uh, YouTube stuff and stuff on social media, it's all Meet Kevin. But Meet Kevin, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who Meet Kevin is and uh, so we can get to know you better. Absolutely. So I'm 26 years old. I was born in Germany and got moved out to Florida when I was a year and a half old. Uh, then, of course, my wife pulled me out to Southern California, and that's where I sell real estate now. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old, five-month-old son, so two sons. Uh, and, uh, hey, we sell real estate, represent buyers and sellers, opened a constru- uh, construction company. Let say that. We opened a construction company to complement our real estate business, also offer bridge loan staging as additional wings to our business. And my wife does design and property management, and together we try to provide more for our clients. That's awesome. Key point here, guys. Pay attention because we're going to dig deep into this later. He tries to provide more for his clients, and, and the thing we're leaving out here is more for his clients than the same that you do for the same price. So more for, more for his clients and the same price as other agents are charging, um, but giving more, which is important nowadays. So anyways, let's talk some nitty-gritty, Kev. Uh, so how many houses did you sell last year? I did a May to May on my sheet. So May to May, we've yep. got 45 houses closed. Uh, there, there are some actives that I didn't count. Of those 45 that sold, we totaled those up at $26.3 million. Uh, which was about a gross commission of about 650K. Nice. And uh, what's your profit margin? 
Profit margin. So that, that was one of the things I wrote down on my list where I kind of go, ah, in a reputation-based service industry, I found that profit margin is kind of misleading because people can compare it to a regular business where it's like, oh, they operate at a 10 or 15% margin. And maybe that's a good thing. A service-based, you know, we've probably walked with 500 of that. And, you know, if you divide that out, yeah, that's 76%, but that doesn't mean I'm better than the pizzeria at a 10% profit margin doing way more volume than I am. So to, to me, I, I almost don't look at my numbers maybe as much as I should, mostly because I always look one foot in front of the other. How can I provide more for my clients? And if my profit is one percentage or the other percentage, or it's larger this year or smaller the next year, whatever, as long as I feel like overall my service is improving and I'm doing better for my clients, that's what makes me happy. Being 26 years old, I don't need a lot of profit right now. Yeah, but you got a lot. I mean, half a million. I mean, a lot of people listening are like, holy dirt, you know? I mean, so, so, and 76 is a phenomenal number, right? So that means you're only spending 24, right? Which is, which is nothing. Some people are spending 24 just on broker splits. That's um, true. That's why I became my own broker. <laughs> you know, seriously, a lot of agents are on 70 30 split, right? So you already got them beat by 6%. So, so let's talk about that. So you're, how long have you been in the business? I started in the business at the end of 2010, beginning of 2011. So I believe this would make this my eighth year, which is crazy because I still remember uh, talking to my father-in-law who helped mentor me in getting into the business uh, and saying, all right, I got my license. What do I do? What do I, I just wanted to keep working and working. And I was like, what do I do next? And he goes, don't worry. One of these days, you're going to be asking, how can I do less? Because all of a sudden, you're just overwhelmed. So <laughs> I, I feel I like know. that was yesterday. <laughs> it's scary. That, that, I mean, it's, yeah, it's inevitable, right? If you're doing it right, you've, if you do anything right, I think on a high level, I don't care what your business is. Well, pizza is a good example. Same thing, right? You're kicking ass in the pizza business. You're gonna burn out, right? At some on some level. I mean, it's a it's a natural thing to do, and the key is to figure out how to to uh, balance it out. And we can chat on that. So, so one question I have for you. So, have you always had your own brokerage, or is that new? Well, that started in 2013. After I had two years in the business, my father-in-law, he was mostly kind of, eh, I want to retire. He, he was relatively burned out from the real estate industry. Uh, and I've been there. I've had that feeling too, you know, a few years ago. And I've always tried to sort of evolve my business model, keep me excited about the business because it's, it's easy to burn out. But uh, two years, once I had my two years experience, uh, my father-in-law said, hey, you should get your brokers and then I can retire, <laughs> was his impression. So that's what I did. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and so, like I said, it kind of, for you, it gave a jump start in that you're already, you know, 30% ahead of all the other agents you compete with, with profit margin. So, so what were your concerns? You know, a lot of people listen and be like, eh, you know, Kevin's pretty bold. He just went and got a, a broker license and opened his own brokerage. Um, don't I need uh, my broker's education? Don't I need my broker's uh, supervision? Don't I need, you know what I mean? Like how, how did you overcome your thought process on, uh, I'm only in the business four years, you know, to just say, I'm, I'm getting my broker's license, I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I've considered for a long time. And uh, part of me is concerned about, golly, if any brokers listening to this are going to hate me. But I actually have some advice for that side of the realm as well. And what I mean to say is, I, the way the brokerage model exists today, supervision and liability 
to me, aren't that big of a deal. First of all, supervision usually boils down to a transaction coordinator in an office who's working for 40K a year, which there's nothing wrong with that, but they're doing your supervision. So it's not really your broker doing it. And I could hire somebody as well who could do that and then train them to do it my way as well as providing better service for my clients. And then I would even pay them more. Now, liability, to me, that's what insurance is for. I do great work. So I, that's not to say that I don't cross my T's and dot my I's because I'm fanatical about my contracts and I look at every single document. But insurance is your fallback. That is the reason we pay E&O and a lot of brokerages charge their agents E&O anyway. So to me, if that is all a broker is providing, then they're failing. And no, agents shouldn't be at that brokerage. Then the bottom line too is, or number two, is if they're providing homes and lands or print advertisement, that's dead as well. What the new broker needs to do is figure out how are they going to provide for their agents complimentary services that can help them prevent the onslaught of discount services that are basically doing the professional photography, list the property on the MLS, which is really all the big brokerages have been encouraging. Yes, they offer training and print advertising and, and you know this, this appearance of liability protection, but when we really peel back the layers, what are people really getting? They're not getting the complimentary services that are going to help them win against the discount services. That's where they need to develop. That, this is a fascinating conversation. And, 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 you know, part of me agrees with you. I, I do believe, you know, and I've told this to agents before that have worked for me that are worrying words. You know, they're worrying about everything, worrying about this, worrying about that. And I can remember having a conversation with this one guy and he was just constantly bringing stuff up. What about this? What, he would read an addendum and it would, it would bring up three sentences in addendum. And I, I sat him down. His name was Dick. I said, Dick, I said, you are only going to lose your license. If you do one of two things, if you steal someone's escrow check and buy something at Nordstrom's with it, you're going to lose your license. And or if you discriminate against somebody based on a protected class, like you don't show them a house or you or, or you tell your seller to choose that one race over another race, you're going to lose your license. Other than that, don't worry about it. You know, and, and, and it's just, you know, the chances of you, I, I, you know, I started in 1987, right? And I, I stopped being involved day to day, you know, completely and sold my team to one of my top agents in 2010. So, you know, that's like 23, 28 years or something like that. And I got sued or taken to the board once in 28 years. And that's like 7,000 over 7,000 transactions once, and I did something wrong. It was 100% my fault. I, I, truth be told, I, you know, greed always gets in the way, but there was an issue. They had an issue. It had to do with, um, it's a long story, but there, there was an issue. He said, should I put it in the disclosure? I told him, no, leave it out. He left it out. The people moved in the house. There was a problem. The, the seller came back at me and said, you told me to leave it out of disclosure. I said, you know what? I did. It's my fault. I, you know, rather than going to court, I just took the, the commission, my entire commission, and I gave it to the buyer. And the buyer walked away fine. And uh, I, solved that without, I solved it without the broker. I solved it without lawyers. I solved it, you know, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I came clean about it. And that was the one time in like 7,000 transactions, you know. Um, it just doesn't, you know. I, I admire that. You, you saw that you made a mistake and you owned up to it. And, you know, here's the beauty about America. You make a mistake. What happens? The little digits in your bank account 
dial around a little bit. That's it. You don't go to jail usually, right? I mean, unless you're really- you Yeah, you don't go to jail unless you do one of those two things. Exactly. That's right. Otherwise, it's a number. Any problem, it's a number. And the cool thing about that is being in America, and, and this is something that it just, I, I don't want to say cavalier because that comes across uh, the wrong way. Uh, what gives me sort of the courage to say, sure, I'll open up a money losing construction business so I can learn how to build this business in, in a way that nobody else can do it because it'll make money in the future. Uh, the reason I have the courage to do that is because I know even if I lose everything, I'm still in America and I can always start over. Ain't that the truth? That's amazing. So, so obviously you had no fear. You said, hey, I'm going to open up my own brokerage. Um, you went out there. Uh, uh, let's talk about your deals, right? So like, what do you work more of? What percentage is buyers? What percentage is sellers? 40% buyers, 60% sellers. Okay, and, 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 and that's a good number. Now, where do, you, where do your deals come from? I'd say most of my uh, clients in general come from what I kind of call, it's just a word I made up. I call them sort of light referrals. And what I mean by that is they're not actually people that always get the phone call and go, oh, you're going to sell your house? Well, you need to call Kevin. I used him. He was great. I get a lot of people that call me because they say their friends knew of me or they knew of somebody else who knew of somebody else who used me and everybody just sort of remembers, oh, that, that no pressure guy, oh, the guy that drives the Prius or, or the Tesla with the wrap on it now, oh, uh, what's that guy's name, oh, the meet Kevin guy, like, oh, check him out. And so I call them light referrals because these people then, they go, okay, well, meet Kevin, well, I'm going to sell, so let me just Google that or whatever. They see my reviews, testimonials, they see the videos I make, they see my website, and then all of a sudden they go, oh. I should give this guy a shot. Let me meet him. And that's, that's the key is getting in front of the meeting is everything. So I would say that's where the vast majority of the business comes from is having a presence, but the presence itself doesn't make people come. It's creating that reputation where people are almost excited to say, oh, can you believe this meet Kevin guy? He coordinated the whole reno for me and then sold the house and then we got multiple offers, whatever. That's where I think they come from. Wow. So talk to me about like, okay, so let's say, right? You're going on a listing appointment and you're going on a listing appointment against an agent that's been in the business a long time in your, in, in, in your area. Obviously, you've got some people that specialize in neighborhoods. You've got some heavy hitters specialized in high end. You've got people that are kind of locally famous, right? And here you come in as a new guy. How do, how do you, how did you beat them out? And when they're when said listing against you know experts, what I found is in the ultra higher end, at least in our area, that's going to be two three million dollar plus. It's very difficult to break into those. But I'm not a big fan of selling just ultra high end properties. I'm a fan of going into an area and selling the median and whatever the median house is, which in our area is about a $580,000, three bedroom, two bath, 1300 square foot, single family house. If that means I have to hold three open houses a weekend to find one person that walks in, or so that'd be like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, to find one person that walks in and goes, you know, I'm thinking about selling in a, in a year, but I'm having so much trouble just getting some faucets replaced and some ceiling fans hung. Hey, let me help you out. Let me go find a handyman for you. Let me make this problem go away for you. Now, all of a sudden, 
if I can help people solve their little problems, they start realizing, wow, when it's time to solve my big problems, maybe I need to give this Kevin guy a shot. Sure, are there big, established, reputable people? The bottom line is reputation gets clients. Reputations, the reputation doesn't really sell houses. Wow. It sells houses. L- listen to that, guys. Reputation gets clients. Reputation doesn't sell houses. What sells houses? The market. The market. So... So I can see this now, right? This 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 hotshot comes in that's, you know, been in business a long time, and and they're like, I'm going to put in MLS, <laughs> I'm going to put it on a lockbox, and you know, you get my team of thirty people, and da 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 da, and they give this little fancy fancy brochure, and Kevin comes in and says, okay, well, I'm going to sit an open house Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I'm going to do, you know, what else? Tell me what else. Like, what, what are the ways that people listening that are underdogs to come out on top? Yeah, you had, a, you had a good question in that, you know, what would I do if somebody said, hey, Kevin, here's two million bucks. Go into an area with a cell phone and, and you're going to compete for this two million dollar check. You don't get to cash this check because if you lose this race, somebody else is going to take that two million bucks from you. So you don't get to cash it until six months and you got to win. You got to beat all the other agents. You're going into an area blind with a cell phone. That's it. I would call up every vacant property listing I could find that's in the median price. And I would sit those open houses to find people with problems. And this is, this is what I do on a day-to-day basis is people come to me and say, I just inherited this property. It's a complete fixer up or what should I do? First step, let's start getting bids. Let's get, let's get bids on acoustic removal, paint removal. Let's find out what it's going to cost to put flooring in. Okay, now we got bids. Now let's analyze. Is it going to be worth putting this money in? How much faster are we going to sell? How much more are we going to sell for? Are we at risk of overspending? Is the market timing such where we will get rewarded if we do work? Having this conversation, this dialogue with these people, these people all before I even have a listing contract. Honestly, I don't even care about contracts, listing contract, buyer representation contracts. I don't care if somebody wants to list their house with me, they can pick up the phone and say, I want to sell my house with you and we'll put it on the market. Obviously, we'll do a listing because we have to for the MLS. But then at the same point, if somebody calls and says, I don't want to list my house with you anymore, no problem, contract, I'll tear it up. I don't care. I don't need to bind somebody to that. I want to help them. I don't want to create more stress in their life. So if I can, in any market, figure out how to be present for the vast majority of people, even if that meant I had to have my, my open houses became my office and I had comfortable chairs there and I just had signs that said, let me solve your real estate related problems. And people came in like, I need a ceiling fan replaced. No problem. Here, I'll coordinate somebody for you. Give me a key and I'll even let them in and make it happen for you. I'll even go buy the product for you. I don't care. Like whatever it is, I'll make it happen. And having that sort of nobody's going to work harder than me attitude, if I'm competing for something, and providing more than what everybody else does, to me, guarantees that two million bucks in my pocket. That, 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 that's it. That, that, this is great, man, because I, I've been thinking lately, and, and I don't know why agents don't, I haven't met an agent to do this. This is my idea, but it came from, you know, other, like Gary Vanderchuk, if you listen to him, he does these AMAs, right? They call them Ask Me Anything, right? It'd be like, look, and, and Gary Vaynerchuk has got like 10 million people from or whatever, right? He said like Thursday at 10, I'm going to do an AMA, right? Now, agents pretend 
that they've got so many clients that they can never be found by their seller, right? Or they have to schedule a time or they, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like they, they don't have time during the week to communicate with their seller. What if you did an AMA every single day, right? And said, listen, I'm on Zoom or Skype every single day from noon to one or from noon to three, my Zoom room is open. You could pop in anytime and see my face and you can AMA me. You could ask me anything. And, and, and essentially, you're saying, I'm going to be sitting with you every single day, but I'm not going to speak unless you speak to me, right? Because I think the, 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 the seller and the buyer's biggest fear is, I'm, I'm never going to hear from you again after you sign the contract. Right, right. hundred uh, percent. I, I love that. I think that would be a, a great idea. And I mean, busier folks, you could even do every other day, right? I mean, realistically, if you've got a listing on the market, how often do you really need to follow up with your client? You know, the recommendation is twice a week, but, uh, twice a week, but hey, if you were available three times a week, four times a week at a certain time and somebody could just click and go, oh, hey, Kevin, you know, I know you're 15 minutes into your AMA already. I just thought I'd ask a quick question. You know, how many views did we get at the broker tour yesterday or whatever, which I mean, I would have followed up with them on that information already anyway, but just as an example. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> cool. Bye. And you can invite them. Like I can, I can literally like right now invite someone to the Zoom meeting that you and I are having yeah. by hitting an invite button, right? So you can invite every single client you have. You can invite your whole database if you want, yeah. right? All at once, every time you're live, invite it's too them. easy. Yeah. I don't know, you know, so fascinating. Okay, cool. So what, what I want to talk to you about, because a lot of agents aren't doing this and you are doing this. I mean, you've got some amazing uh, views on your YouTube channel. What, like, do, do you know, do you know what your total views are now? Oh, I have no idea. The only number I look at, I've got this little subscriber counter thing over there that I got as a gift, which was really cool. I'm so happy and grateful. We just hit 30,000, which is like so amazing given that uh, January 1st, we were not at 1,000. So Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Wait a minute. So how's the subscriber counter work that you're showing me? Like, what? Oh, well, so anytime somebody clicks subscribe, it'll be a little plus one that pops up. Uh, and it's kind of exciting because sometimes uh, I'll come in here and I'll just at the end of the day, I'll watch a little bit of TV or start a movie or something. I never seem to be able to finish them. And then we just kind of every so often kind of see it. And, then, and it's just for YouTube. That's right. Okay. In January 1, you had 1,000. Under. I didn't, I didn't make my goal. My, goal, my vision in December was, oh my gosh, I'm going to try to get to 1,000 by January and I didn't make it. <laughs> okay, because here's the interesting thing, because what I did before this call, I actually scrolled down to your bottom of all your videos, right? And you, and, and, and you, you started them four or five years ago and those only have a couple hundred, couple hundred, couple hundred. But then all the ones that you've done recently Oh, you know, I saw one for 17,000. I, I, I saw a whole bunch. I'm like, holy dirt. These are really blooming, the recent ones. So tell me about that transition. Like, was it frustrating waiting? Um, what did you do differently all of a sudden to go from under 1,000 to 30,000 in five months, six months? I think I sort of evolved it from... In 2012, 13, 14, I'd sort of make these random little videos and put them up there. And my vision was always, oh, I'll just have this video here in case a client wants to, 
uh, go to my website and then sort of qualify me. So I have these stupid videos where uh, one that clients continually reference is probably from 2011. I was at an open house. I had a hat on actually as well. Uh, and uh, the, the clients just died laughing over the fact that I was at an open house. And I said, what do you do when you're at an open house and you got nothing to do? And then I lift up Windex and paper towels. I go, I clean the, cli I clean the client's windows. <laughs> it's like, what else am I going to do? I may as well help the property sell while I'm here. And how hard is it to clean the windows? So uh, a lot of people really seem to like that. So they liked sort of this goofy nature of these videos. Uh, and really, it wasn't until December of 2016 that I realized, wow, you know, back in 2006, 2007, in the CNN iReport days, uh, videos were all about a community, interacting with other people and sharing perspectives and sharing opinions. So I feel like as soon as I made that transition where I thought, huh, it would be interesting to sort of start a dialogue about real estate topics that are maybe the myths that are out there. Uh, the first video that actually kind of started it was I made this video, great person, Graham Stephan, good friend of mine. Uh, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, and, and the video, the original title of it was What Graham Stephan Isn't Telling You. And everything in the video was, hey, here's another real estate agent. We share a lot of the similar mindsets, but there's an important piece of the puzzle, and it's really the Nike slogan, just do it. Just get out there and get in. So I kind of started with this dialogue of how can we share opinions while at the same time opening dialogues with other creators. And I think that's really what made a difference. So who does your videos? Because you got a lot of special effects. You got a lot of cool, cool things. I mean, they look like something you'd see on TV. Oh, well, thank you for that. I, I, I actually do them all. <laughs> you do them all. You do all, all the editing. All of them. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's endless, endless uh, work, and leads to sort of very uh, short nights uh, in terms of sleep time. But uh, I'd love to offload editing, but. Uh, you know, unless I'm sitting down, just sort of doing a sit down video, some of the bigger productions where I'm walking around, I love, love creating them and editing them. And one of the reasons as well, I wanted to do the YouTube uh, sort of push was I had a lot of stress from real estate and, and really, well, actually not that much anymore. I used to have so much stress that I'd go to the doctor for, uh, go to a cardiologist for chest pain. I'd go to a throat doctor to get x-rayed or swallow studies for throat lumps or all these feelings and like everything has fallen apart. This was 2014, 15, 16, just because I was doing everything in real estate myself. I didn't have employees. I thought I could do everything better. Nobody could do it better than I could. And I would just go fanatical about trying to provide better service for people uh, to where it was creating a horrible life balance. Uh, and what I found is, well, hiring people helps, but also having a creative outlet is huge. And sometimes when I sit there and I'm editing uh, and I can create uh, uh, something fun with some effects or whatever, I could sit there and replay it 20 times and laugh every single time. And there's nothing, <laughs> there's something about <laughs> They are funny. And, and so, like, which one would you say has, has the most views? Oh, well, without a doubt, the, the Grant Cardone audience uh, has... Uh, uh, has been really great to me in that uh, a few videos that I made sort of expanding on some real estate principles that Grant Cardone talks about uh, because he's very anti-single family. He's very anti-one to four and small deals. Uh, I, I personally think that's a disservice to a lot of the audience starting out. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's just a different perspective. So I thought, okay, well, here there are a lot of young people who watch Grant Cardone and they might appreciate having a perspective from another young person who's 26 who started by buying single families and, and condos uh, and to share, well, look, 
this is how I started. You don't have to agree with me, but here's just another perspective. Yeah, and uh, you're 100% right. You know, and I think that's a big problem now. Like, there's so many young people out there, and I'm saying young because you said young, right? Um, but the majority of them are young that want to go from zero to hero, right? They, they talk to me and they're like, I'm like, what's your goal this year? And they're like, I want to syndicate an apartment deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, okay, well, maybe you should sell 10 of your single families <laughs> and then put it in your own. Oh, I don't have any single family. I'm like, what? We, we are, I'm like, we have are. you ever bought a house? Oh, well, my wife and I bought our primary residence, but you want to go syndicate. <laughs> so, I mean, no. it's crazy, you know? <laughs> I actually had a client call me uh, a few weeks ago. Great, great client. Uh, although he'll come up in another example. <laughs> the, um, he said, oh, we should, we should syndicate this 150-unit apartment deal and figure it out. And, and I thought to myself, I got to get off the ground with my construction company and just take care of the people I've got right now because my point of view is rather than just take on everything and do a terrible job at everything, I want to make sure I can do a great job at every little milestone that I land on before I start taking on more clients. So a lot of folks in real estate, they say, well, Kevin, you know, what's, what's the secret? Like, how do you get more clients? And I always ask myself, am I ready for more clients? And then I think, are there any clients I could currently be doing a better job for? And the bottom line is a lot of times the answer is, yeah, like, oh yeah, you know, I could do that for them. I could do that. And these are extras. None of them are required. They're not expecting these extras. I think I could do that. And so when I get caught up and I think, wow, I've just done so many extras for my clients. Now I'm ready for more. Until then, I don't want to expand. And I'm a person who gets bored very easily. So my mind says, grow, 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 grow. But then, you know, this other part inside of me says, wait, keep, keep don't, don't explode. Take it easy and, and grow steady. All right, Rockstar Nation, as you know, I wrote a book. It's called Six Steps to Seven Figures, A Real Estate Professional's Guide to Building Wealth and Creating Your Own Destiny. Gary Keller wrote the foreword, and I have sold over 30,000 copies of this thing, and uh, it is the go-to book for all agents, new and experienced, and it's been a really exciting thing for me to do, and I just love giving back. And so I made a decision recently to give away free copies of it. Everybody in the past has always paid in bookstores and online, and you can still pay if you want, but I gave away 100 copies last week, and it happened so fast, and so many of you guys reached out to do this that I'm going to give away another 100 copies now, and so this is a 200 total copy offer. Anybody could get it. I'm going to give it to you for absolutely free. And it's not going to be a, the cheesy version by any means. It's the same book that you would buy in the store. All you need to do is go to freesixstepsbook.com. Freesixstepsbook.com. All I ask is that you pay the shipping and handling on it, but the book itself will be absolutely free. That's freesixstepsbook.com. You can also text the word PAT. Yep, my name, P-A-T, or a shortened version of my name, P-A-T, to 444-999. That's text the word PAT to 444-999 to get a free copy of Six Steps to Seven Figures or go to freesixstepsbook.com. Get them while they're hot, guys. Free books here. And as they say in the baseball game, free books here.
Okay, so that, that's great because the same exact thing still happens to me. It has my whole life. How do you, what do you do? How do you, like, uh, like sometimes I'll go down a path and I, and I swear to God, I, I feel, um, you know, manic in a sense, like this is going to work. I know this is going to happen. I'll start pushing forward on it. And then like two weeks later, I'll be like, I talked to a couple of people and I investigated a little bit more and mm, I think I'm going to bail on that idea. And I'm like, God, what a waste of time. The last two weeks have been um, like, how do you, how do you, is that normal? Uh, is that the right way to do it? You know, how do you handle it? Yeah. I think my childhood was one that kind of came from, unfortunately, a little bit of a background where I was, uh, yeah, you could say it. I was bullied in middle school. I was sort of the video game nerd and whatever. It is what it is. Uh, and what I found is now when I come up with an idea, and I feel like it sort of relates to that time, uh, is when I come up with an idea uh, first of all, I have this problem where sometimes I don't talk to enough people. I kind of just, all right, full steam ahead, go. And, and I go from nothing to launch. And then I start sort of, okay, I've launched. Now I'm getting ideas. Now I'm going to revise, revise, fine tune, fine tune. Uh, it's a lot of what's happened sort of with the construction company. It's, uh, and the guys know this that are the employees. I, I say, hey, look, there are inefficiencies here, but don't worry, we're fine-tuning before we you know, continue to grow. But I always like to, as much as possible, let me get to first base. Let me get in the game and then fine-tune. Yeah. Yeah, I always, I always quote that movie Moneyball you know, with, um, with Brad Pitt. If you, have you seen that money? Have you seen that movie? Or, do you know what it's about, the Oakland A's? No, I'm going to have to add it to the movie list I, because my wife's like, now that I'm six months postpartum, I think I'm finally ready to watch movies again. I'm oh, like, dude, you got to watch Moneyball. It's the same guy that, yeah. that did the big short. Did you watch see the big short? Big short idea. Well, awesome. Awesome. Okay. Same, same guy, right? So he wrote about the Oakland A's. So like they were like last and they scrapped their team and they hired this uh, analytics guy who purposely only got players who got the first base. Ah, interesting. That was it. Like they were fat and the ball would hit them. So they'd walk the first. Um, <laughs> they were really good bunters. They, did um, uh, they were missing three teeth. So they scared the pitcher and he balled them out, balled them the first a lot. So they, they, they totally went ana analytical. This is a true story. And all they were worried about is getting off first. And what they found is by getting off first, then the next guy got on first, and then he would score runs where everyone else was trying to do home runs. And I tell this to, to these investors that want to go zero to hero, you know, you, you're not trying to hit a home run. And you just said it. You're not trying to hit a home run all the time. You're trying to just get on first. Just get on first, and then you'll get on second, and then you'll get on third. It just happens. It's kind of like how also you said, like, you're not worried about a listing appointment. And a lot of people will come on the show and say, I would never, you know, take a listing. Um, you know, I need to get the paperwork signed at the appointment or I would never take a buyer out without a buyer broker agreement. Right. And you're kind of saying the opposite, like, hey, now uh, let's just get the first base first, yeah. you know, before we, you know, we try to, before we try to hit a home run with a signed paperwork. And let me just try to help you first. And then if we don't get the home run, then it's okay. Right. And, and nobody, no client out there will ever say something bad about you if you help them and then you got the phone call, which just happens. Oh, you know, my in-laws in real estate, I got to listen with them. No problem. I wish you the best. Hey, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll be able to represent the buyer. Nobody out there 
is going to say that, oh, Kevin, that guy's such an a-hole. That guy, you know, he was trying to pressure me to do stuff. No, no, no. Even though I told that guy, no problem, best wishes. Hey, thanks for letting me know. He's telling everybody he knows, man, that meet Kevin guy, stand-up guy. That's what I want to build is that reputation. Absolutely. So, so what advice do you have for an agent listening who wants to build a YouTube or a video following? It's almost the same thing as people who want to start investing in real estate is start. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds so simple, but uh, there's a, a lot of people I know, which are a lot of people who are between, say, 22 and 30 years old. They spend a lot of time planning planning, 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 then consulting, 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 and then more planning and planning and planning. Uh, and, and I am just, I don't know if it's a personality thing or if it's just what's worked and I've been doing it more, but here we go. I'm doing it. And if I make myself a fool, if I lose money, I don't care. I'm trying it because to me, the best education is doing it. Yeah. And, and the, Video viewing audience today is so forgiving of shitty quality, right? You can have the worst video shot from a flip phone, and and if it's and it, and it may click, right? They're not the people don't look at yours and say, "Oh my god, that's," you know what I mean? Like that was bad. You just have to keep. And Grant Cardone is a great example, right? The guy's like a million videos, right? He like when he started out, he just videoed everything. <laughs> like and he still does. Like you can, he can take a phone call from uh, somebody and just video and put it on YouTube and see if it sticks. And Gary V does the same thing. He'll be walking down the street and some guy will stop him and he'll be chatting and his video guy will film him talking to some random on the street, right? And put it on YouTube and see if it sticks. And you gotta have that same attitude now, right? Don't worry about the quality. That just put it out there. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Eventually you know, you can, you can make them better and better like Kevin has. If you haven't seen his, check his out um, because they're very entertaining, you know. Um, now, now, talk to me about business that you've gotten from that. Do a lot of you know, 30,000 subscribers, uh, have people in Ventura County, you know, become fans and subscribers and say, I'm going to uh, list with that guy or buy from that guy because of these videos? On the contracting side of the business, 100% yes. We've gotten contracts directly from social. Uh, we've uh, connected with maybe three or four people who are interested in more information about real estate, whether that's buying or selling. No contracts, but that's okay. My, my vision for YouTube was, it wasn't to create business. I never thought of it as a business model or an extension of the business. I thought of it as, I have business knowledge. Let me share it as, as an escape, as a way to sort of still kind of justify to myself that I guess I'm working. I'm talking about real estate, but it was just different because you, like you said earlier, you get burned out, you get bored. So if I can now do something different that's related and maybe now because I'm doing something else related, I'm picking up some more facts or I'm learning or I'm picking up different perspectives. In, in another sort of flip side, maybe that helps me when I talk to clients on listing appointments that organically came to me. Wow. Well, now, do you get an income from YouTube or, or do you get royalties? There are ads. Uh, you can put uh, these, these little pre-roll ads or even in-stream ads into your videos. And uh, I think if I break out uh, how much I was earning from YouTube, I'd probably be working for 10 cents an hour. But that just goes to show that I'm not doing it for the dollars, but yeah. it's probably still 2500 bucks a month, something like that. That's 30 grand a year, though. 
I mean, that's, you know, and the, the cool part about that is it's, it's, it's passive income, right? Like you can, you know, if you quit real estate tomorrow, you know, you may or may not still get 2,500 bucks a month. I mean, that's, that's really kind of cool. I love that. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It's sort of, it's one of those where it's like, well, I mean, that's, that's nice. It's, it's wonderful because yeah, if, if construction real estate didn't work out, sure. I could, I could make a whole lot more videos and talk about how I royally failed. <laughs> so you're adding a construction company. Um, tell me about that. How's that going to benefit your clients? Why are you doing it? Oh, it's been incredible. The clients absolutely love it, love it, love it. I don't love it because it's it's a it's a money pit. <laughs> okay, what do you mean by that? It just oh mean gosh. you're 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 losing money or you're breaking even. You're not making money on the company because it's a new company. Is that what you mean? Making well, for, yeah, and and it keeps evolving too. So, well, let's let's look at it this way. Uh, the the construction company it is extremely labor intensive. I was just doing some math on a client. Uh, well, let's, we'll go full steam with this example. Client says, Hey, Kevin, uh, we're not sure what realtor we want to use yet. Uh, we just, you know, we need, we got to figure out how can we get all of this old furniture out of the house? We got wallpaper, acoustic ceilings, this, that, and the other. We got some bids shopped around to do acoustic ceiling. Everything was too expensive for the client. Uh, and I said, hey, well, you know, our construction guys, we can do the acoustic ceiling and we'll do it for the price you guys are looking for. Uh, and you know what? Don't even worry about all the furniture. You guys go ahead and move to Arizona. We'll take all your furniture and we'll either donate it or get a dumpster and load it up all for you. You just take what you want and then everything else, you call me when you're ready and you say, Kevin, the house is ready. And they did exactly that. We went in there and they literally left shelves full of junk they didn't want anymore. And we just went in there with 10 people and threw it all into a dumpster. And they were so happy because the next day we sent them a picture uh, and they said, oh my gosh, all the stress is off our shoulder. And it was one of the easiest deals to close because they had so much stress, so much anxiety about how they were going to get this house ready for sale. I eliminated all of it. Now I look at the project in hindsight, the project's done, the house is on the market, just hit the market last week. Uh, and we look at the construction numbers. I go, well, darn it. You know, the construction company... <laughs> underbid a little bit and uh, you know the construction company lost three grand but then i look at it i go but can i kick myself for that it's seventeen thousand dollar commission when the house sells no. i got the deal so net net it's a lost leader you know what i mean i mean it's a it makes sense right i mean it's like the bud light for 2.99 a, a six pack or whatever and and they just want you to come in the store to buy something uh also a six pack of some ipa where they charge at $9.99 and, and they make the money on the IPA. So, you know, um, it's the same thing, it sounds like. And, and it sounds like you're also able to win listings because of it where, you know, somebody else comes in, they're like, I don't own a construction company, but I know someone that's going to char charge you retail prices and uh, put you behind five or six other clients where you're able to say, hey, I own this company. I can have this done tomorrow if I tell them to shift some things around. You know, and I'll guarantee the price will be no more than why, you know, provided you list with me. I mean, it's huge. It's, it, and, and, and quite frankly, that's one of the reasons why companies like uh, Open Door are exploding is because their whole concept is how can we take the stress away from the seller? And I think uh, a lot of real estate brokers and a lot of real estate agents have underestimated how stressful the selling of a house is for a client and how important it is for them. 
there's so much complacency in the industry and it even goes back to the problem of the brokerage model now more and more brokerages this is sad more and more brokerages are saying do not recommend contractors and vendors to your clients because we don't want the liability if that contractor does a bad job now it's coming back on us well what good is the agent anymore <laughs> That's it. And, and then you have the complacency against these companies. Oh, no, no. Open door is not going to be a competition. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's kind of like um, the complacency of kids nowadays. Like I, I have these two mentees in Baltimore City and their, their, their yard was a freaking mess, right? So yesterday I bought a weed eater at Home Depot and we went over there and we completely cleaned their yard up, right? While their, their mom was at work and... Uh, just it hadn't been cut in like a month, right? They were so it was so hard for me to move the needle to get them to do this, right? And I was like, dude, this is landscaping, right? This, this, this is this is easy stuff, right? This is weed whacking. It's kind of fun, right? Raking, you know, picking up, you know, it, it just, and 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 that's just one example. But I feel like a lot of kids are like that, where they just are complacent. And I think the same thing is happening to real estate agents. It, 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 are you seeing that? A hundred percent. When I talk to other agents, there, there's, let's say we're about 30, 70. 70% 70 of the agents I talk to and I say, hey, what about Redfin? What about Open Door? They go, ah, oh, nothing. They're clueless. And the other 30% are like, oh, you know, it's something we're keeping an eye on. And me, I'm like, hello, like. <laughs> This is these are going to be big contenders. This, you know, there should be ninety percent of agents going. Oh, we need to step it up because this is going to take over. They will refine and they will infiltrate the market in places where they haven't yet, and they'll continue to infiltrate where they already are. And they rightfully should because I seriously think if again all you're doing is. I'll schedule the professional photographer and we'll put you on the MLS and then I'm going to do some open houses because that's going to get me more clients. It's not going to sell the house. Open house doesn't sell the house. Don't deserve two and a half percent. You get so how are you taking stress out of a client's life? That's what you got to do more than what these other companies are doing. So, so what should agents be thinking about? What should agents be doing to prove their value? The more they can figure out here is a client that has a problem. What can I do to solve that problem? And then they solve that problem, no matter what it is. I don't, I don't care if it's a seller says, hey, the spa is full of mildew, but I'm out of town for a week and I can't find anybody to do it and nobody wants to do it. Well, then get some gloves and go over there and drain the puppy. Just do it. And, and now when you take these stories and then you take a photo of you draining it and you put it on Facebook or Instagram or, or you put it in your listing presentation, like, I don't care what it is. I'll go up in your attic with a suit on and I've got pictures doing this stuff. I'll go on your roof to, to patch some nail holes. I don't care. Anybody can patch nail holes. Uh, I'll pressure wash your driveway. I'll drain that spa. I don't care. And then I go to these people and I, I tell them, look, I don't know what all the problems will be. But know that it doesn't matter what the problem is. I'll find a way to solve it. And when you can sit down with a client and confidently tell them stories or examples like this, it becomes very, very evident that not, just are you, not only are you providing more for them in terms of doing all these things, all these extras, but now it makes it a lot easier for you to say, and don't just think I'm just like your general handyman as well, which is nothing wrong with that, but I, all the effort I put into these extras it's the same effort that I put into negotiating for you and marketing for you and everything else. 
As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets newsletters that are sent out sphere of influence forms referral request forms and the list goes on and on if you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999 So if you're too lazy to drain the spa, how good are you really at negotiating? Yeah, it's essentially offering more value and, and more things and more presence than the competition. And that's why I trademarked providing more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I love that, right? And you trademark, but is that a, is that a nationwide thing? Or can, you can only yeah, do it is. Say, really? <laughs> Providing more. Wow, I'm surprised you got that. That's great. But but and, and no pressure agent. Both of them are national. <laughs> wow, that's awesome, dude. I mean, uh, but but it makes a hell of a lot of sense, right? No pressure agent. Eh, I don't care if you sign a buyer broker agreement. Eh, I don't care if you sign a listing agreement. You know, no pressure. Um, uh, providing more. Oh, I'll solve that problem. Instead of agents saying, um, if a buyer says, I don't know how I if I can get a loan. Oh. You know, I really think, in my personal opinion, Pat Himes' opinion, the agency should be like, oh, what's your credit score? Oh, um, what's your income? Let me, I, you know, I know a little bit about math. I can figure out ratios roughly. You should be able to qualify for this much, but, you know, you can double check, but you shouldn't be pushing that off to a lender immediately and not offering any value there. You shouldn't be pushing off the, the you know, simple things to be fixed to somebody immediately, you know, uh, you know, try to solve as many possible problems as if your life depended on it. And you'd be amazed at how the clients will be like, wow, thanks, Kevin. It's, it's so true. I actually ended up uh, getting my loan endorsement as sort of a rider on top of my real estate license just to learn not only more about truth and lending and all the new regulatory disclosures and that we have. But now uh, it's so easy for me. And, and there was really something that I, I have to thank my father-in-law for back when I first started in real estate. He said, all right, first thing we're going to do is learn how to qualify a buyer. What are your gross monthly debts longer than 10 months in duration? Da, 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 and go down the list and do this. It's not that hard. Uh, having the lender license now is just a little bit of bonus because I got a lot more practice doing it. And some clients are like, hey, uh, you know, I don't have two grand to fix this, uh, but I really want to fix it. I go, hey, how about I lend it to you? And then you pay me back at the close and I get a second on the house that has equity. So I know my money's safe. I charge interest and points at the same time. And you can legally do it because you got a lender license. Just another example of providing more. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're just, you're just throwing things out there like, how about this? How about this? How about this? And eventually you're going to walk away and they're going to be like, Kevin gives us all of this, providing more. And this other agent, even though they have experience, integrity, 
results, these cliche words attached to their business card, they're not going to use them. They're going to use you because providing more is more important to people today than a cliche uh, that says experience. Yeah, I, I think really these, uh, the bar is so low in the industry. I mean, there should be integrity. That's like the minimum. Right. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but something that I, uh, another thing I thought was interesting, you kind of touched on it earlier, and I thought maybe we even expand on it a little bit, is the team model. What do you think? Well, you know, um, let, let, let me defer to you on that. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, I've had both sides. I've had some teams come on here, and you guys could go back and listen to these because people, you know, I, here's the thing, guys. I edit these podcasts in the sense that we take out ums, we take out pauses, just like that um. We, we take out those things in order to make them a better listening experience for everybody, but I don't censor them. And what that means is I, I almost never will take out a full sentence or a, a cuss word or, or something somebody says. I never censor them. And um, I have had people come on here, unfortunately, with teams who make a zero profit and who have no clue what the hell they're doing. And I've also had people come on with teams who have made a lot uh, over a couple million dollars profit. And I've had uh, single agents doing, doing the same. So I've had both experiences. Let me get your opinion, Kevin. What is your opinion of teams today? I think the team model is one that can be profitable. But I'm not going to touch on the side of profits because okay. I, I think profits is uh, short-sighted because it focuses not on how the industry is changing. It focuses on the past and comparing to the past and not the future. So I think that's why a lot of brokerages are blind uh, and a lot of agents often are complacent when it comes to the changes coming down, uh, down the pike. Now, here's my opinion on the team model. I honestly hate it. And I kind of think it's a scam. That's a pretty bold statement, I know, and I don't want to offend people with it, but here's why. I hate when I hear that people say, well, I'm going to use this person, uh, and they have a team. It implies that they are getting service by, let's say, the Robert agency team, and they're going to be working with Robert, and Robert's going to take care of them, when in reality, the bulk of the teams are... Robert does his own business, and then five other agents all do their own business. Robert gets the leads. Eh, I don't want to work with this one. Here, Ashley, you're getting this one. Jim, you're getting this one. You're getting this one. And now, all of a sudden, these clients, they're not getting Robert. They're getting these other agents and people on teams, oftentimes join teams because they're newer or they're trying to learn. So all of a sudden, somebody came into a team to uh, work with Robert, the team leader, and get the experience and knowledge and negotiating power that he has, but they never see Robert. They see one of the other team members. And I think that's very different from uh, what, what I've built my business around, which is all of my clients get me, they work with me, they talk to me, and we have 11 employees that work in construction and two employees that'll help me do things like uh, I'll talk to the client and say, hey, we got to set up a termite inspection. We got to set up a, a, a fireplace chimney inspection because the home inspector called us out. And then I'll turn around and go, hey, Kathy, can you set this up for me? Confirm it with the listing agent. Boot. I'm working with the client. I'm still representing the client, but maybe somebody else is doing this stuff. That's to me is how real estate should be. The team model, I think, is a deceptive scam that misleads the public. Wow. I mean, that's a bold statement. And uh, it's... 
certainly deceptive, but someone on a team who runs a team, if I'm going to be devil's advocate, would tell you, yeah, it's deceptive, but everybody knows it. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, no, uh, that, that's a bunch of baloney because most home buyers and sellers are so clueless about how teams work that uh, almost any time I show buyers property, they'll say, oh, it's this person again. Uh, wow, they're everywhere. Gosh, they sell a lot of homes. Uh, and then I say, well, do you, do you know what it means that somebody else's name is hanging from the bottom of, of the rider? So it'll be like the Robert team or whatever. And then it's like, contact Jim below it. And they're like, no, no. I mean, I have no idea what that means. Is that just somebody who answers the phone? Like, no, that's their listing. And then I never bag on anybody. I never tell this to clients that teams are bad. I just say, just so you know, the way this team works, and I oftentimes know these teams, is... Uh, they, they're a collection of, say, even 10 agents, and they all decide to put one face on every single piece of marketing. So all the marketing and all the signs are consistent with the vision that more people will come through the top of the funnel because it makes it look like this one person is so much busier, when in reality, it's just a collection of a bunch of individual agents. And anybody I've ever told sort of a simple synopsis version of that to uh, in a very nice way, and I do not bag on other agents to my clients, Anybody I ever tell that to, they all say, oh, wow, I never knew that. So it's, I think it's easy for us in the industry to assume that the consumer knows. But especially starting YouTube lately and, and some of the things I see out there, the consumers don't. So, so here's a great question, right? You, obviously, you have no issue, you know, bashing. And I'll use the word bashing. because I mean, you start out your videos like, I love Dave Ramsey, but... <laughs> you know, here's a family that lost $130,000 on his system. I love Grant Cardone, but da -da -da. And, and, and quite frankly, that, that makes them fascinating, right? That makes them intriguing. So why haven't you created a video where you're explaining this just the way you did to me for the masses? Like what, what if, if, if you can bash Dave Ramsey and bash Cardone, why can't you just bash in general real estate teams or better yet? And, and I'm not trying to start trouble better yet bash one of your local competitors as a big team and and say you're never going to see them here you're going to see martha blah, blah, blah. and you know what i mean like just like you do you guys have to watch kevin's video to know what i'm talking about but you could literally show everybody's picture on there and say you know this is who works for him this this is all the listings he has he has a thousand listings uh how could you possibly service that many but why haven't you done that yet I've started to. In fact, I uh, have made videos exposing uh, topics quite a few times. Uh, I've made videos exposing why I think the open houses are a scam. I've made videos talking about the infiltration of Redfin coming. Uh, and I've made videos about uh, simple myths where sellers will say, well, why would I replace the carpet? A buyer's just going to come in here and put their own style in. These are all classic myths that are perpetuated, especially the carpet example. Well, let's just stick on the carpet example. The carpet example of why would I replace the carpet? It's just easier to leave it and put the house on the market is perpetuated by brokers that don't want the liability of making changes, having furniture moved and creating this potential hassle for a client when in reality it's so obvious that carpet for 2500 bucks in a house 
could easily increase the value by $7,500 of that house. Because people don't like going into stinky and old gross carpet. Who cares if they're going to replace in the future? You got to capitalize on market value. That's where I think people create a disservice. So it's topics like this. I have gone off on this team one is coming up next. So stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like I didn't give you the idea. It sounds like you've been battling around for, for a while, but I I understand what you're saying. And and the people that run teams and trust me, I've had a team of 52 people and I've made a lot of money on teams. And, and I, you know, I have, I have a product at Rebus university for how to build a a team that nets a million dollars, but I also have a product for brand new agents called the five alive that had to make 75,000 as a single agent. And if you talk to some of these people with teams, they would tell you, uh, and a great example I love using, I use this in my book, is like the Johnny Cochran law firm, right? You know Johnny Cochran who, who, rec- who what, what do you call it, represented O.J. Simpson? Absolutely. Died of brain cancer, what, 12 years ago? Right? He's dead. But if you look on the internet, right, the Cochran Group has like 15 offices. And if you call them up and say, you know, Johnny's dead, why, why I'm calling because of Johnny, the, the attorneys are certainly going to tell you, listen, we are angry attorneys that represent the underdog just like Johnny did, right? And, and they're going to bait and switch you to using some young dude out of law school, right, to represent you. And they would say, that's good business. You know, we're, we're licensing Johnny's name. What, I mean, how, what would you say to that? There's a balance of everything. I mean, Donald Trump licenses his name out. Now, I don't want to get political before the presidency. Let's talk about it. He licenses his name out to buildings. The, uh, there's a difference, though, when you, and there's a correct way to do teams. There's nothing inherently wrong with the team nature. It just should be properly conveyed to the consumer what it is. If a brand is licensed or a team name is created and sort of shared with, with employees, then the push the representation should be, here are a set of principles that were established by Robert, the team leader. And he ensures that all of the people on his team are, you know, hold those standards to the, to the golden throne or, or better. Uh, and so what you're getting is, yes, you're not getting Robert. But we're not saying you're getting Robert. You're getting Robert's team and you're getting the principles he stands for. That's what I think the law groups do. That's what I think, you know, is done with the Donald Trump brand. Certainly the uh, impression would be you wouldn't see the Donald Trump logo. Again, it's all pre-presidency talk. You wouldn't have seen that on a rundown hotel because that would water down the quality of the brand because the consumer doesn't know. The consumer doesn't go into the Trump Hotel in South Miami Beach, which is actually owned by uh, Intercontinental Intercontinental Hotel Group or whatever that owns uh, uh, a bunch of other hotels. Uh, Somebody doesn't go into that hotel thinking, oh, this is an Intercontinental Hotel. No, no, this is the Trump Hotel. That's the impression. So the consumer doesn't know. And as long as on a real estate level, where in real estate, what's different is people have the impression that I get Robert. As long as they don't have that impression and they realize, no, you don't get Robert, but you get everything that he stands for and the system that he's created to ensure you get better money because we do this, we do that, we do that, whatever, that's okay. I'll make a confession for you um, because, again, I'm, I'm out, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm not involved in the game per se anymore. I probably have listed myself five to 700 homes where I went on the listing appointment, never saw the people again, never spoke to them again. 
but also never told them that that's how it was going to be, right? I left them with the impression that they're getting me. I didn't tell them they're getting me. I told them about, you know, I have a team, but I certainly didn't volunteer the fact that 99 of 100 clients are never going to see me again unless you happen to stop by the office and I'm there, right? Or see me in a supermarket, right? And so I agree with you on that. I, it's, a dis, it's a disclosure thing. And, and no team leader in the right mind is going to disclose that because they're going to be afraid they're going to lose the listing. If you said, hey, listen, we have this great team. You're never going to talk to me again. You're not going to talk to me, right? We're finished. Sign here. It's, just, it's, it's not a good sales pitch. You're, you're 100% right. There's, a, there's definitely a balance to it. And I think that's maybe why uh, I haven't yet made a video on it because there, there's a balance to all of these things. It's, that's why I call them perspectives because I look and I think to myself, well, there, there is a way to have the team model be one that isn't generally what it is. And so I am generalizing when I say I think the team model is a scam because when I say that, what I mean is the teams that I generally see are ones where it's an agent that has a few years under their, of experience and then, oh, you're brand new in the business? Join my team. Hey, here's a buyer you can work and I'll just take a 20% referral. Like, I, I, I get it, but I, I still, I don't know. That's, that's probably not why the buyer came. Uh, if it works out, great. And oftentimes, real estate transactions work out well. That's the nature of real estate is it's, uh, you know, it's maybe 10% of deals that have hardship. Uh, whereas, it, you know, flip that over to construction, you've got maybe 90% of projects that have hardship. So I, I like that about real estate in that, yeah, you can get away with doing that the vast majority of time because people don't know, people don't realize things go smoothly. Well, how much is there to do? But if somebody is hiring, uh, you know, Dr. So-and-so and Dr. So-and-so's team of highly trained surgeons for, uh, you know, to be on standby for your C-section whenever that comes or whatever, then I want to make sure that everybody on that team is just as qualified or is, up, is held to the same standard, not just some novice that is now on the team and, up, oh, you got your C-section assigned to the trainee. Good luck. <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up, right? Because... That was a big concern. Actually, there was some video of movie I was just watching that made fun of that, where when my wife and I had our kids, that was the big thing. Are you going to be the doctor that delivers the baby? And they were always like, yes, yes, yes. And on the second one, guess what? The dude is in Bahamas or some shit, right? And, the, and they don't even know who's going to deliver it, right? And, they, yeah. and, we, and, and we're like, where's Dr. Brown or whatever? And they're like, oh, he's in the Bahamas. I'm like, what you tell us now, you know, and she's dead centimeters <laughs> dilated or whatever. And it, it's like a big joke, you know, I mean that, but that's true. That's what happens. Right. But he wasn't going to tell us, Oh, by the way, my wife and I are playing a two week trip to Italy on <laughs> you know, around yeah. your due date. He's going to take you on, on his client. It's, it's, it's a balance and figuring out the pattern is the secret, figuring out how to say as a doctor, I, I have a family and I have a very established and reputable practice. And because of that, I have people on my team that when I'm not available, I ensure are able to provide the same or better quality of service that I can provide. Then I think that establishes and creates that upfront disclosure. That's all you need to say. You don't need to say you're never going to see me again. But if you say something like that, I have people <laughs> on my team that, 
Yeah, exactly. I beat all <laughs> you should do that in your yeah. video. You should have yeah. like little pop-ups, right? And then where the guy goes, sign here, my team and I, and then a little pop-up says, you're never going to see me again. <laughs> you know? AKA, little, pop-up shows, little pop-up shows. Hmm, $15,000 $15, commission. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> it's, it's all a balance. And it's uh, the patter is the key. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with the team model if it's done correctly. So sorry, went kind of on that tangent there. Which that was fun, man. It was fun, and 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 and, and there's a lot of people think like you, and there's a lot of people think opposite, and and so it's good to have both sides. Uh, so, anyways, Kevin, man, we could we could take this forever. I'm having a blast. But um, as you know, everybody that comes on this show brings with them a free gift, and um, what we do with these gifts are two things. First of all, I'm going to put it on hybendigital.com backslash meet Kevin. That's hybendigital.com backslash meet Kevin. I'm also going to put his YouTube channel. I'm going to put his Instagram channel, all his social media channels. If you want to reach out to him and say thank you for sharing, all his information will be there and his free gift will be there. If you want his free gift with a toolbox full of all the other gifts that all of our other guests have brought or most of our other guests have brought, just simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or text the word toolbox to 444-999. Kev, what are you bringing today? I am bringing a highly qualified opportunity to have conversation with me in Instagram DM. That sounds like, well, wait a minute. I want something tangible. But here's the thing. If somebody sends me a message with a first word that says hybin, I can see it or hashtag hybin. I can see it in the message. I'm going to help you out with whatever question you have because I think knowledge is the best gift I can bring. Hey, that, that's kind of cool, and it ties in what we were saying before, guys, right? So rather than being uh, someone who's kind of hiding behind a social media page, right, or, hi, uh, or an agent that's hiding behind, I'll call you, don't call me, right, you know, or a system or a team or whatever, he's saying, DM me an Instagram and I'll immediately DM you back and you can do an AMA like Gary Vaynerchuk and I think uh, agents are going to start doing. Ask me anything, anytime. This is great. Well, well, listen, Kevin, now, beautiful. Thanks for offering that. And I hope uh, some people listening take him up on it. And uh, best of luck to you. And uh, let's stay in touch. If, if, if I'm ever out in Ventura County, California, I will look you up and uh, we can get together and uh, shoot a video of us uh, breaking some bread together. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives. And we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben, 
it is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.